you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying, is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted, is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the Success Report. The Success Report. Here ye, here ye. You're listening to the Civic Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. Man, it's been a little Still while. Joel, Joel Jeezy, where you at, man? We back. Yes. I hate us. You know, just we back. I hate us. Sometimes I feel like you because even I hate us. Yeah, we. Uh, Who said that? You know, we're enjoying a, a Canadian summer. It's a, it's hot right now, man crazy <laughs> yeah 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 no it's been good it's been all right can't complain can't complain mm-hmm. be back mm-hmm. um hope 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 hopefully um absence makes the heart grow fonder and um <laughs> people are happy to see us back right so so we back mm-hmm. and we're here to mm-hmm. um you know get back into aim to please and walk through some things yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we're gonna pick up with uh, guns, 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 guns. Which are good, which are bad. <laughs> guns, guns, guns. Ask your mom or ask your dad. Is that how it goes? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a that's a way back playback, man. I don't remember all the words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of yeah, like no, our, no, don't um, you put it in your mouth yeah 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 um yeah no but um you know we're gonna get into some uh bill c21 uh national freeze on handgun ownership which is uh which will happen back in may um but but i i think it was uh necessary for us to uh, just touch on it and address it uh in the past uh this was I think episode twenty, uh, episode back in episode twenty, um, we we addressed uh, right. the U.S. gun laws versus the American gun laws. Remember that, Joel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, I actually think it's episode twenty-one. If I'm uh, slightly 21. correct, you, I think I, I actually just listened to it today. You, I want to say it's twenty-one, but you might be right. It might be twenty. No, no, 2021. Um, uh, well, I mean, well, we we're, we're on a hundred. Well, it'll be in the show. One hundred and sixty. Oh, hey, hey, man, hey, man. No, man. When, when you getting into the hundreds, man, you just forget, man. You just start forgetting material. <laughs> Twenty one. Yeah, I so, think it's yeah. a pretty decent memory. You're you're close, right? Even yeah, if it yeah, wasn't yeah, quite yeah, the right yeah. one. But uh, all right. Okay, so for well, the don't forget. We actually we uh, we also had Joseph Smith. Uh, we had a little conversation on guns um, and I think yes. that was like around the same time, 20, let's see, I think I have it here. 27, episode 27, so 21, 27 we had with uh, yes, that's right. guns. Yeah. 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 With Joseph Smith. That was, that was uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for, for the listeners, the direction we're going in is we're going to look at um, what do we think spurred this uh, Bill C-21? Um, and then we're going to look at uh, the intended consequences and then the unintended, unintended consequences. And then we're going to uh, 
uh, try to give you guys some something to go home with, some change to go home with, even if it's two mm, cents. Mm -hmm. A little extra change. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for uh -huh. sure. Yeah. Okay. So the the key question is, Joel, um, what do you think, um, or how much do you think the U.S. mass shootings, um, school shootings, um, had to do with this with this gun freeze uh, versus uh, you know Canada already having gun violence issues? Well, I mean. I've always said that the gun problem, I don't know if that's the right word, um, doesn't really, in actually, I was I listened to the episode we did on episode 21. I was impressed we didn't suck as much as I was expecting. Um, but, but my point was that, you know, we don't end up having real conversations about guns. What we do is we wait for some stupid event that causes problems, like, you know, um, Uvalde right? The mass shooting. And then we get this sensationalized rhetoric about people. And I would say, you know, the, the good old quote of never let a tragedy go to waste, right? Tragedy or tragedy happens. So now the politicians are going to use the emotional response to put in the plan they already wanted. Right? So, so my take on all this is that like the things that they're putting in place aren't specifically addressing any problems that this particular incident caused. And so I would say, yeah, 100%, they're just exploiting the news in order to build up support for this, you know, proposed solution. But, you know, you look at Trudeau's history, this isn't anything new. There's no reason that this one piece is actually going to solve the problem. Um, and in fact, you know, unintended consequences may mean it, it, the result of what they wanted, meaning number of guns going down, could actually be the opposite. And we'll get into that. What about you? What do you think uh, about, let's say, the U.S.'s events and whether or not they, they influence what we're seeing? Yeah, no, um, I think, yeah, I think, I think it had, had to do a lot with um, what we're seeing in the U.S., uh, just because, uh, you know, our gun violence isn't at the rate that we see in the U.S. And so people have been uh, pretty stirred up with uh, with the latest shootings. And so I think I think this is Trudeau um, seizing the opportunity to say, OK, um, like kind of like what you were saying, like, you know, Maxim, don't, you know, don't let a tragedy go to waste. Right. Emotions are high. And now he can turn around and say, OK look what I'm doing. I'm doing something uh, great to solve the problem. While the U.S. looks like um, they're struggling um, to figure out what's going on, at least we got our stuff together here in Canada, um, as, as, as what it looks like. Um, and right, so he puts in a policy uh, that, that really isn't necessary, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think he's just maximizing on um, people being stirred up because of what's happening in the U.S. And you know, Canadians watch U.S. news, and now that our leaders put things on hold when it comes to guns, pretty good about ourselves, and we feel feel pretty good about our leaders. So yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, no, so for I the think, listeners, I um, I'm just going to go through. Yeah, no. So I'm going to just go through just a quick summary for those who aren't aware of what's going on. <clears throat> so B- Bill C-21, um, it's, it's about the national freeze on handgun ownership. So Monday, May 3rd, 2022, uh, Justin Trudeau announced a new bill uh, that would freeze the sale of handguns in Canada. So according to Trudeau, uh, this proposed legislation would make every Canadian um, safer. So a national freeze on importing, buying, or selling handguns uh, is a central feature of firearm control legislation uh, tabled by the federal uh, liberals. The government says the bill would also allow for the removal of gun licenses from people involved in acts of domestic violence or criminal harassment, such as stalking. Uh, The liberals plan to fight gun smuggling and uh, trafficking by increasing criminal penalties, providing more tools to investigate firearms crimes and uh, strengthening border measures. So the bill uh, would create a new red flag law, allowing courts to require that people considered a danger to themselves or others uh, surrender their firearms to police. The liberals also say they will require uh, long require long gun magazines uh, to be permanently altered so that they can never hold more than five rounds, as well as ban the sale and transfer of large capacity magazines under the criminal code. And that was uh, from that was from uh, Global News. I was reading from the Global News. You know what's great about gun laws? Criminals follow those laws. What do you mean? Well, the reason, you know, do you think the people in a gang care that the government's making the, you know, uh, ammo cartridges only hold five rounds? That, you know, in the particular context? Are they like, oh, man. Like, you know what I mean? G Willikers. G Willikers, ice pick. Now it might be a, might be a, <laughs> like I already got illegally right like and, and I mean that was part of what you said that um, the rules are being written in such a way that um, they want them to be never modifiable or something along those lines like it, it was just as I'm reading I was like okay great in theory and this is where like you know I tease the idea of intended consequences and unintended consequences. Right. And so, I mean, lots of those uh, things or recommendations uh, do address criminals. Right. So they talked about some punishment based stuff and, and more resources to go after gun crime. You know, to some extent, I have no issue with that. Let's park that. The issue is adding regulation to the law abiding citizen. And then telling me, yes, but this will lure gun crime. How? The person who's a law-abiding citizen wasn't committing the crime in the first place. So, I, I mean, it's, you know, I think I think the, the piece of that that's most ripe for abuse, both by government and by people um, against their neighbor, is red flag laws. Right? Like, oh... If you can, what do you mean, what do you mean by red flag? Someone says you're a, a risk, right? So your ex-wife who 
knows you have a gun and doesn't like that you have guns. So you, in the thing you read that talked about red flag laws, generally, and without going into specifics, because I'll just speak about them in principle. Generally, the idea of a red flag law is, okay, there's someone who now, something has changed. So let's use a, a good example. Um, someone who has now been checked into a mental health institution or is on, you know, um, becoming addicted to, to crack or something, right? To, mm -hmm. to say, oh, there's a flag that they potentially could use these weapons they have. We need to take them away before they harm someone. So that would sort of be like, let's call it the best case scenario of such a law. The problem is that it's a subjective law. And so when your ex-wife knows you have a weapon in your house, but doesn't like it, potentially there's an ability to abuse the system to, because it's generally speaking, red flags laws would fall under what I would call like guilty until proven innocent, as opposed to innocent until proven guilty. Right. So it's not like they have bright line tests that say, okay, if you've been checked into a mental institution, or I don't know what the proper terminology is these days, but I think for our audience, they understand if you've been checked into there, oh, now we can confiscate your guns. Okay. If that, if that was the rule, very black and white, it'd be a different story. But if you go back to the wording, it's like, oh, deemed to be a danger to themselves or others. Okay. My husband yelled too loudly yesterday or my ex-husband yelled too loudly at my kids i'm afraid for their safety so the point is that it can be exploited it can be abused because of it's so vague but they don't really care because they're in my opinion their objective is not to lower gun crime their objective is to control your guns and they're using the terminology of gun crime the reason i say that is because have they ever said how much this their rules or laws or uh, proposed bills are calculated to reduce crime? Have they ever demonstrated uh, any quantifiable effect of what they're proposing? And, and that this will result in the goal that they're trying to achieve? No. The goal, because the goal is control. The goal is to force you to... Now, some people might argue that these things are good and they deem them, okay, fine. That's a, that's a different conversation. But when it's following a tragedy, I would say they're exploiting people's emotions to um, associate these rules to reduce the mass shooting. But if I ask the question of, oh, can you tell me how this law would have prevented such a mass shooting? There's no, there, there is nothing. There's no substance because the criminal right. got the gun illegally right. or the person got the gun legally. They followed all the rules and they still would have been able to follow all the rules because they did the crime seven years later or whatever. So it's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough spot for us to, to find ourselves in when the debate is emotional as opposed to based on, you know, substance. Yeah. So what yeah, about yeah, you? For sure. Uh, for sure. So then what, what is your take? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So in, in regards to the, like the intended consequences, right. Um, right. The whole plan, of course, you know, um, trying not 
to um, trying to straw man or not straw man um, what Trudeau's trying to do, right? He is trying to help people um, and he is trying to make um, people feel more free. And, and that was kind of what he was trying to get at um, so that people aren't feeling scared, right? People should be free from fear. Um, you know, he wants to eliminate gun violence um, and even trying to incentivize that by giving like compensation programs to to pay people back for for some of their purchases if they wanted to refund their guns how what do, what do you think about um yeah the intended consequence or the intended purposes of this policy well i mean i would say uh freudian slips are really um telling at this time of uh uh you know, these types of uh, situations. And if and for anyone who doesn't know, I'll put it in the show notes page, but there's a, a, a snippet, good old Trudeau, basically having a slip oh, yeah. of the tongue when he was saying, oh, we're freezing the guns. I mean, banning, I mean, freezing. Um, so, you know, I think- well, What's the difference? As a category. What do you mean? Um. Because you said you what's, said there was what's difference the difference between, oh, between uh, freezing freeze. and banning, yeah. Or is it is it kind of like yeah, uh, so like the Orwellian double speak? I think. Um, yeah, a little bit of that, I think. Um, but I would also say it's the like freeze is is sort of considered like oh, we're gonna take a pause, right? As opposed to like permanent, whereas ban would be more permanent in nature. So, I mean, if troll advocates, I think the best argument they have is that via gun control, we will lower the number of guns and they deem mass shootings a function of the quantity of guns. And so similarly to what you said about fear, um, they deem fear to be a function of the number of guns. Now, the, I would say doublespeak, true, you know, that type of stuff is definitely relevant because... I could flip around what he exactly said and said, actually, by preventing me from having a gun and making it very difficult for me to get a gun with the you know, rules and regulations you're putting in place that, that are excessive and don't actually reap tangible benefits other than making it more difficult, you're making me more fearful because I can't protect myself or I can't protect my family. Right. So my, my point is not to say one argument's better than the other. My point is to say both positions can make an argument from fear or, or can make an argument based on actually more guns will reduce fear. Actually, no, less guns will reduce fear. Okay. Both potentially are true and both are depending on the demographic, right? Arguably, if I was to oversimplify the states, Republicans would feel safer and Democrats would feel, you know, more fearful. So, when you have the tension, how do you resolve that? Well, in our political game, the majority rules the minority with a tyrannical fist, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Our only hope is to get a conservative in power who has a different view and will change the law the other way. And we have this great pendulum swinging back and forth that's really, you know, no nothing of substance, no change. Um, so, I mean, it's... I'm, I'm not surprised to say the least and i think um it's it's in line with the playbook of of what the progressive 
you know, agenda is, I don't necessarily know what percentage of Canadians, let's say, deem this appropriate or think it's helpful or think it's hell because the mainstream media is just going to tell us it's 95% Canadians and, you know, they're full of it. Mm-hmm. So what do you, uh, what do you got to say, Darnell? What's, uh, what do you think the intended consequences are and will they be achieved? Uh, I think uh, the whole fear thing, um, I don't know. It, it seems like, you know, the only person who could take away, you know, the fear of anything bad happening is is God. And so that's kind of, to me, it's kind of scary, the kind of language he's using in regards to taking away fear. Um, you know, we live in a sinful world and people are going to do crazy things. Um, and I, I think uh, in, in the last episode we did, um, the gun, the gun episode we did, you mentioned uh, in, in the UK, right? They have really tough gun laws, but they don't have, they don't have a gun problem. They have, they have a stabbing problem, right? Where, where they have, yeah, they have, a, they have a, a I mean, and this of, is, I was going to say the, the stat, the problem is like, we get this, there's a big stat called violent crime. And then when it gets to the gun debate, we don't want to say, okay, how is violent crime affected as a whole does it grow does it go down with you know there's no deem this is why i said they don't propose hey here's how objectively this will make you more safe right and it's um whereas with the uk example you're talking about right if you were looking at total violent crime you would now have a larger statistic that doesn't just influence by guns right because and, and to, to play it out slightly, if I was able to defend myself with a gun, there would be lower violent crime. If in, in a given context, let's say I was about to be stabbed and I shot the guy, there's no violent crime. It's self-defense, right? So, so violent crime actually went down because I had a gun. Whereas if I didn't have a gun, the guy stabbed me, the violent crime went up. So I, if I was using violent crimes which would be rape murder any sort of assault um probably assault with a weapon maybe is the the violent crime category um you're you're gonna look at it a lot differently than if you only look at the subsect of that that's gun crime and and what's even more disappointing or sad a large portion of that gun crime is actually self-inflicted gun crime And, and so if, mm-hmm. if you hypothetically somehow prevent all of the deaths from suicide with guns, what did that, what did that really do to, to violent crime? Like it's, it's, you know, pretend again, you could lower the, all the suicides, but then increase the number of rapes. Well, how do I equate those two? How do I evaluate those? We're not having any of that conversation. No, no, no. We're going to tell you based on emotion. What mm-hmm. do you think is going to work best? Make you feel good. Not because it's, actually effective and going to achieve the result you want mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah totally it's uh and now and that's uh that's why i was thinking that yeah you can't get rid of the gun violence nor can you make anybody feel safe because there's always ways to commit acts of violence um and i think what would have been helpful would have been if there were um a ben- if there was a benchmark to um where we're at now 
and then where we're trying to go, right? So that way we can all we can all follow along, right? Uh, <laughs> right? We 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 can all be like, okay, yeah, let's let's let, let's work on this together. Versus like, okay, well, just trust us um, when we tell you that this policy worked or that this is the goal, right? Like, okay, that's fine. What are our numbers at right now? And where are and 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 what is the goal? How do we know that this policy worked? This is the numbers here. Mm-hmm. This is where we're getting our numbers from. This is where they're tallied from. And our hope is in the next two years, we can cut that number in half. And so there was no number given. And so I'm, I was kind of a bit skeptical and a bit worried about, um, those, you know, that conversation not happening. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that, that was kind of What I mean, that's not new, is it? Like, no, <laughs> no. when have you ever seen them give? And benchmarks like politicians don't want to be judged they don't want to be judged based on their mm-hmm. policies they want you to judge them mm-hmm. based on your perspective of them which is why politicians don't do what's best they do what's best based on perception right so i i might have said this on the show before but like if enacting a particular law was actually going to result in the best outcomes but everybody perceived it as poorly, they would never do it because mm-hmm. they won't get reelected. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is the whole um, public choice theory demonstrating like the incentives of the politician don't actually align with them, you know, people. So I, I think to me, the perfect example of all of this is actually the scenario that's similar to Uvalde, not totally, but similar that happened shortly after. So there's, um, this guy, Alicia Dickin, 22-year-old, who essentially at a Greenwood Park Mall, essentially a mass shooter started. Within 15 seconds, this kid had let off 10 shots, and eight of them were in the guy. So if we contrast that with Uvalde, right? Uvalde sorry, sorry. What, what, do you mean, what do you mean What do you mean, kid? What do you mean, kid? Okay, so it was, I say kid. He was a 22-year-old man. Um, in 15 seconds, he had shot. Oh, compared. Okay, okay. Com- compared in, to you, compared to you, he's a kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but still, 22 year old young man, young young man. Um, 15 seconds. Oh man! And he's Joel. stopped the mass shooter. And Uvalde police stood outside for an hour. If 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 this mall had nobody but the police outside, how many people would be injured? I don't know. But this is the point. We're not quantifying it on purpose because something like this might actually result in quantifying it in a way that goes, hey, wait a second. The the opposite, the unintended consequence actually resulted in the opposite of what we intended. So I'll put uh, I'll put some tweet threads or, or some stuff about that the Greenwood Park Mall. I think if you search the hashtag Greenwood Park Mall, you'll find out some some details. Um, but what's funny is the uh, police actually had to issue a correction because originally they said it took two minutes from the time the first shot was fired from the gunman to the when he was killed. It actually was fifteen seconds, and so the police actually had to issue a, a correction that it wasn't two minutes. No, no, it was fifteen seconds that a good guy with a gun stopped the bad guy with the gun 
and my punchline about cops is mm. when you have only seconds, the police are minutes away. So th this is the problem with, you know, the liberals. They don't want to enter. They don't want to engage that problem. They don't want to tackle that issue of, you know, defending yourself versus letting yourself die because you don't have any other option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, right. But, but, you know, we don't, we don't uh, have those kind of stand your ground laws here in Canada where you can, you know, shoot somebody in self-defense. Um, right. Like we mentioned um, in the well, last I mean, episode. So, I mean, you have per, per, per proportional force at a higher degree in Canada, like in the U S arguably they're actually allowed to use excessive force in standard ground. Whereas, you know, essentially if it was Canada, mm -hmm. a guy comes to your house with a gun, if you shot him in the leg and I, I'm oversimplifying, of course, you know, talk to your lawyer. Right. No, that's good. That's good. So then what about the unintended consequences? Uh, where do you see, where do you see that going? Right. So what I mean, unintended consequences, I mean, uh, you know, people are running to gun stores now to get their guns before they're banned. Uh, gun ranges, gun shops, uh, most likely go out of business. And then the black market will capitalize on this opportunity. So what, what kind of un unintended consequences do you, do you um, see? Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely going to be some, uh, or there has been. So I have a National Post article from June 7th that says, panic buying sets in after Trudeau's handgun ban. So shops report, this is a subline, subtitle or whatever. Um, shops report being sold out of pistols after demand surges in the run-up to the freeze. So I mean... I think the, the, I don't know if unintended cons is the right word, but I think the result of this ban is basically going to be negligible in the sense of what they intended to do. So um, in a, from an intended, do I think that mass shootings will go down? No, because guns aren't the problem. Um, do I think it's going to be more difficult to buy a gun Canada sure so if that's the intended consequence well then yeah okay more rules mean more difficult just as a simple proxy but you know mm -hmm. black market that kind of stuff types of guns are only going to be available to criminals and as opposed to you know the good guys and the bad guys having the same weapons um, other than that I mean I to be honest I think you know, most of these le gun legislations, like, you know, it's not like the, when you asked about the black market, right? If this was like something a little more, you know, I think about cannabis back in the day, right? When, when, especially in Canada, right? Cannabis was very much like not, you know, punished the way it was in the States, right? So if you, again, I just, I'll compare the two because it's an easier <coughs> comparison about black market, right? The American black market was if anything like more dried up than the Can canadian black market basically you know almost the white market right almost like clean versus the you know <laughs> underground white market. market whoa whoa, whoa. and so hold on so why, why is the white gotta be clean <laughs> i don't know man someone else made these terms up right ask jesus why he washed us white as snow 
Um, anyways, <laughs> the <laughs> sorry. The, if I contrast America and the U.S. in the in the cannabis scenario, America it was so heavily punished, right? Like this was like a class one drug that their black market was largely, you know, the the gangs from, you know, like the Canadian black market was like, you know, some random guy who just wanted to smoke weed, you know, being much more prevalent. Now, in terms of guns, again, it's only going to be the gangs that have black market guns. Whereas if I compare my cannabis scenario, everybody had black market cannabis because it didn't really matter. The rules didn't really matter. So that's where like these rules, it depends. Are they, you know, when it talks about the gun buyback, if they only did a gun buyback and didn't, you know, then go around and start ticketing people because they had these guns that were illegal, then it wouldn't matter. Everybody would have the black market guns. So it really depends on enforcement, how much, and, and enforcing, let's call it formerly law-abiding citizens who chose not to get rid of this gun that was previously legal, but now illegal. So I think that that's really where, um, the, what, the, what'll happen with the black market, sort of how much is the, let's call it legacy or grandfathered, uh, gun owners allowed to keep it. Um, I think that's what might drive a black market, it, especially if you have things that are, let's say semi, but, um, also illegal. If anything, that'll just drive them out of the country the collector stuff um so i mean it's it's interesting to think drive through the consequences the of um like if you had uh i was thinking of like uh replica is not the right word but like guns that are high value for being artifacts but they also get boxed in by this legislation right so well think about how many handguns right like what if it was like from a movie with engraving on it right like but it it was the type of gun that's now illegal well you're just going to end up moving like the person who has that gun would basically before the laws come into place get it out of this country so they could sell it at market rates or sell it on the black market depending on how heavily punished that is in canada but it's not like you're going to get a high premium because you just take it to the states and mm -hmm. anyone would buy it so I, I don't think black market is going to be relevant. I think the unintended consequences really the fact that the, the intentions of these bands will do nothing. <laughs> At least that's, I mean, that's the history of gun, gun control largely, you know, it, it, it doesn't really have a quantifiable effect where people would be like, okay, I, I can see why we need to do this. And, you know, it's a net benefit. I think if anything, you're you're causing the um, people who have concerns about rights to be even more concerned about rights. That would be the biggest unintended consequence in my mind. That those who are already concerned about rights have one more thing to to talk about, where their rights are being infringed. Okay. What's your uh, you know thoughts on unintended consequence and rights? I don't know. I think I think. Um you know, with the black market, um, it's just basic supply and demand, right? Um, for those, you know, like, like you said earlier, um, those people who, um, you know, the, the crim criminals will find out, will, will know how to get guns, right? Um, so just because a local gun shop 
isn't open. And technically, they don't even get guns from the local gun shop. Um, I think I think there's a lot of money to be made um, in in the gun market now that um, those shops have been closed. And and I really believe that they'll get their guns um, through all alternate means, right? Um, right, just like we talk about economics is the um, science of making choices or the reallocation of choices, right? So so the guns will just be reallocated. Like right, it was coming through. It was coming through Terminal One. Now, now it's coming through uh, the border um, with uh, with a mule, right? Or, or you might have guys working under the table. So I, I'm, not, I'm, I don't see gun or criminal activity. I don't see this solving it. Um, but I, like I said prior, I, I really wish there was. I really, I really wish there was a benchmark for us to be able to measure. Um, the success because this is this is definitely a large step and and um and a big swing for Trudeau. So we want to see if 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 it's if it's a home run or or if it's a strike. Uh, what's your whole two cents? What do you want to leave the listeners with? I think I think for those that are pro gun, um, it's it's easy to end up in a conversation where you're talking past people. Um, it's it's not. A lot of times it's sort of like you're arguing statistics versus emotion. And so, you know, engaging in this topic, I would say for the, per, you know, chances are anyone who's pro banning guns, I, you really have to understand where they're coming from and, and, you know, what are they trying to get at? Because I think their intended goals and this policy or any given policy may not align. And, and how do you get them to see that? is is difficult when they're sold the policy based on motivations not even as you said benchmarks of how much effect it's going to have it's sort of like well no gun control versus gun control obviously gun control is better because we're preventing but like that's the intention not the realized actualization and so it's i don't know if i just used two words i mean the same thing but anyways um it's 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 frustrating in the simplest sense because I don't think we actually are having a real debate. And I think what you said about benchmarks is a prime reason why there's no real debate. And I would argue it's actually on purpose. But that's a different uh, different argument or a different podcast episode. Uh, the only thing, I mean, my for those who are pro-gun, my punchline is like, you know, there is no history of a leader or politic or government taking the guns and then turning into a utopia. Generally speaking, oh boy, those that took the guns led to, to mass problems. And so, sure, if this was the end of it, it wouldn't be the case. But, you know, go back two years ago with our order and council canceling a 1,500 um, or, or whatever, a list of 1,500 weapons that were taken off the list. You know, and, and you go, I mean, th- that that was as a result of a massacre as well. Um, Nova Scotia massacre, which I'll put a couple show notes in the link. Now is it's still being investigated, but of course, when it happened, the politicians jumped on it, took advantage of it. It didn't matter that this guy is somehow actually connected to the RCMP and potentially, um, I think something along the lines of one of the headlines I have, um, was that he, uh, so the Nova Scotia, this is the McLean's article. The Nova Scotia shooter case has hallmarks of an undercover operation. 
So this, if I'm not mistaken, this happened April 20, 2020, or around April 20th, 2020. By May 1st, this order and council had been brought into place. This article is June 1st. So to me, this is a prime example of the exact same thing. Never let a tragedy go to waste. There's guns involved. People died. We can. That's what I see this as. What about you, Darnell? Uh, I, I think well, the, the last time uh, we, we did this episode, I talked about rights and and how this is a human rights issue and a person's um, right to own property, even though the property uh, um, could be lethal. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's what I said last time. But this time, um, I, I think one of the things I want the, the listeners to pay attention to, whether you're, you're, you're pro-gun or not, um, I think the most important thing is to listen to the press conferences, um, to listen to um, what Trudeau's saying and how he's saying it, and think for yourself, right? Um, I, I watched the press conference, um, and man, I, 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 I felt like I was, I was um, you know, sitting under a bad sermon. Just, just a whole bunch of uh, uh, weird phrases, Platitudes. things that didn't make any sense. Uh, a lot of contradictions, right? A lot, right? So, like for example, so I'm going to quote from from what he said. He says, "I tell you that this is not an easy thing to do, but we all agree that it is the responsible thing to do. We recognize that the vast majority of gun owners use guns safely in accordance with the law." Okay, so. That's great. He's acknowledging that there are a lot of people who are following law and doing everything. Other than using firearms uh, for sport, shooting, and hunting, there is no reason anyone in Canada should need needs guns in their lives, uh, in, in their everyday lives, apart from that. And so it doesn't make sense. I'm like, okay, well, if those guys are being, if majority of those guys are being responsible, why penalize them? Um, if they're being responsible, why, why, you know, why tell them what they need or tell Canadians what they need? Um, kind of like, you know, you, you, you know, the, 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 the parent state, Papa Trudeau, or whatever, whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> him trying to, you know, play, play like he's almighty. And telling Canadians uh, what's good for them, what's not good for them, but yet still acknowledging that okay, great, there are people who are doing well and, and obeying the law. Okay, let's penalize them for the minority of people who are breaking the law. Um, and, and I and I found that kind of contradictory, and that still needs to be proven. Um, looking at the the numbers in regards to who are committing crimes, fine, versus those. Uh, who are being responsible. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's important for, for listeners to think for themselves, listen to um, the listen to, to Trudeau himself. Uh, don't just take our word for it or um, the liberal side or the conservative side. Like just think through um, the ideas for yourself. But you heard me. Does that make sense? I